Welcome to Back to the Podcast with Dave and Rob. Medium talk, I swear this time. I really, really mean it. <laughs> I'm, an I'm in the driver's seat now. It'll be as long as I want it to be, Dave. Oh. Or at least as long as you hack it down to be. Oh. But that's all right. My idea is fairly straightforward and to the point. If you were with us for our last Back to the Podcast, we were wrapping up our thoughts on Police Academy, the series. And kind of the sad decline that it went through, admittedly. Yeah. And how, what we could do to honor this franchise that we've known to, well, kind of love some elements of. And, um, you know, again, it's, it's kind of tragic that the whole thing kind of crawled to an, a death in a ditch that was Police Academy 7. So what Dave boldly did was he stepped up to the plate and he laid out some pretty solid ideas for how you could redo the franchise, how you could revitalize it with a reboot, which I thought was a pretty good idea. A reboot sequel, but yeah. Reboot sequel. Um, that could possibly get things going again, get people back in the audience to see this callbacks to this comedy. And, well, Dave had his medium talk on his idea. And mine is more conceptual because well, I, I kind of slacked on the homework on this one. But um, There's not much homework on There's not much homework. But um, my idea is, is pretty much this. Uh, Dave's was full of callbacks and stuff. And mine is to completely root everything out. Which I remember we talked about when we watched the first movie. Yeah. I would have nobody come back. Yes. I would start over from scratch. So this would be like a full, complete reboot. Full on reboot. Well, you know, the way they with, do movies today, they, with, they I will have some callbacks to the past, but it will not be because the actors are shoehorned in in cameos. Oh, like the the girl, uh, the, the Ghostbusters with chicks. Never saw it yet, so I couldn't tell you, but... The major part of this, from what I understand with the Ghostbusters of the Chicks, they completely sidestepped the need to reference the other characters because they had them invent their own stuff and the technology went off on a different tangent. And But I haven't seen it. I'm not going to comment on that. References, you can borrow it. Yeah, that's fine. Um, like I said, as, as a side comment in the previous Back to the Podcast, uh, where you could have references like in Harris's, Commandant Harris's office, you could have a Russian hat on a coat rack and underneath that, the Hawaiian shirt that he war on Operation Miami Beach. Those are the kind of things that would be the callbacks in in a movie that I would do. But I think that if you're going to go forward, you don't want to spend a great deal of time looking backwards. You want to spend that quality on-screen time building up a new cast. But I'm just going to say it. I think the premise from the first one worked so well that I would heavily borrow from the very first movie and set up that premise again because I think you need that core. You need to spend that time developing that core group and re-welding a comedy team that can carry. Um, getting and, and, and really taking what worked from the first movie, setting up your jokes, having callbacks that mean something rather than just spot comedy humor. Um and in my mind, it would just be Police Academy again. No, no, no Some extra credit. subtitle or subcredit Police or anything. Academy. Yeah, just Police Academy. And I would, the, the major thing I would keep, I'd keep that damn fanfare in the beginning. Gotta have that. Oh, yeah, because every movie, even with reboots, they, they keep Gotta the original have themes. Robocop kept it. Uh, a couple other movies kept yeah. it. No, no variant. I would keep that completely intact. Um, but yes, uh, it would be quite clear that we would be, the, the situation would be somewhat, uh, 
similar to the very first one. The recruits are going to, again, be the misfits. This time we're going to take people from the modern comedy scene. You're Zach, Zach Galifianakis. Um, your maybe Seth Rogen. Oh, you know. see, I was trying to avoid Seth Rogen in mind. Well, I don't know that many I, comedy I actors, like, so I'm just drawing on the few people I that I know. Sean Astin, bring him in. He could be fun. Who? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. He's like Sam. He's like he's so done a lot of things. I wouldn't say he would be one of the main actors oh, okay, in the the, okay. the main core. But these are the kind of people that you could yeah. bounce comedy off of and build up characters. I, unfortunately, I like like I've referenced before, I don't have an exacting knowledge of who the young up-and-comers are in comedy. That's so I, I really couldn't, I can't cast yeah. this very well. That's why I said in mine, I would just raid the Disney vault and the, the Nickelodeon vault. You're becoming an adult, and you're becoming an adult, and you're becoming an adult. You're coming to me, to my Police Academy movie. I would lean very heavily on my casting director to find good people but i can definitely go over some of the tropes that i would want to check off specifically for this movie for instance i think the central guy has to be charismatic young enough to be believable in the role young younger adult um and i think as a callback to a police academy movie you do have to have um a a, a sexual tension element into it he's he's got to be something of a womanizer and for him it's probably got to be easy but he's got to be capable of being shot down um, I do think, though, that the female lead that you put in has to be a bit more interesting and engaging than they've had in times past, just because we're a little bit more cognizant of that these days. So here's my real thought. Gender reverse it. The Mahoney character is a female. Ah, and I know that there are a number of, of good comedians and, and, and uh, female comic actors, and uh, I'm not going to say it's going to be a complete gender reversal no, thing. No, no, no. What you're saying, though, would work uh, because Mahoney wasn't a full-on creep like Connors was. Correct. So, you... so this person will 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 like to have a good time, uh-huh. and she will have a male lead that she is she is kind of pining after. Um, and the male is somebody who is vulnerable enough that she, as being the aggressor, can can you know target herself on, but still a pretty decent guy. Yeah. That was always the thing. They were always all the the females' uh, romantic interests in the police coming movies were generally high character, uh, you know, women. And it wasn't creepy. It wasn't mm-hmm. you know. It was done in a respect, fairly respectful way, more respectful than a lot of those movies would do. <laughs> Um, and I would preserve that element. Um, couple of, couple of roles. Um, instead of a gun nut like Tackleberry, I would have a character like Chris Hemsworth who's a physical nut. Because guns are a little more. Oh, you know. okay. Yeah, he'd be doing his workout stuff. Yes. He got the bells here, just lifting him up. You know, once you take some of those, Phys- toss him and the guy catches him and he falls backwards. Correct. There'd be a li- more physical out. comedy, less about the guy who's completely thrilled Chris with guns. Chris Hemsworth would be perfect in these because he's, mm-hmm. he's got amazing comedic timing. Yeah. Amazing. And say, I heard it was brilliant in Ghostbusters. Yes, I really have to say that. Say what you want about Lady Ghostbusters, as some people call it. I still think the movie is better than Ghostbusters 2. Um, That's a low bar to hit. It, it was not perfect. It had its missteps, and in my opinion, Ghostbusters... We're going to have to review that one, I think. ...should have been Ghostbusters 3. You could you could have made... You could you could have changed a few lines of dialogue around, and it, the other films would have still been canon, but that's a side note there. But yeah. Chris Hemsworth was great in that movie. Yeah. 
And and you could easily have him in more of the Callahan role as a as a physical instructor because I think oh, he looks a little bit more mature. I don't know if he's young enough to be characters. a cadet. What's that? Yeah, combining the characters. You know, a mm-hmm. lot of movies do that when they make these reboots. Mm-hmm. They'll take like for whatever reason they'll take your two characters from the old movie mm-hmm. and make them one character. Sure. So, and since the lead is a female, having a very good-looking masculine character as the physical instructor could work in a certain element. It also really wouldn't hurt to you know, help pull in the, the, the female population and movie watchers. Um, I don't think that you need to get another Michael Winslow voice trick. That's, to me, not a very big deal. But you should have somebody who has a singular special talent or ability that could work into comedy. And I really haven't done a lot of research or a great deal of thought into this one. But I would you want somebody with some special talent that you can invoke multiple times for, for humor. Yeah, I, I don't know much of anything especially for younger a lot of these younger comedians like to be very vulgar so you can't really you can't, yeah that's a that's another thing too uh if the movie studio would want to push it into r i would i could be okay with that if it gets me more money to get better actors and better better scenario and i'd let somebody handle that part i wouldn't be a central part of the movie if they need to have a shower scene fine you can have a shower scene but bring in a ventriloquist oh we're not jeff dunham or anything like that or uh, that uh, Terry Fader guy. Um, no, puppets are just, that's almost too silly for yeah, this. Um, I mean, I'm trying to think what other comedian, I mean, Carrot Top is the, oh, oh, that's what I got in my no, bag. No, 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 no. Uh, I'm, I'm going to keep the standards above Carrot Top, thank you. Gallagher, Watermelon uh, I don't think he can even swing a hammer anymore. He's kind <laughs> of decrepit. Um, but no, there's, there's gotta be somebody out there with a, with a, with a good gimmick. And, uh, that would be something that would be, you know, a, a solid comedy oh, type character that you could put just in. Get an impersonator. I mean, that's like the other thing comedians do. They just, they might not be able to do motor mobs, but they'd be able to do impersonations. Like, who's that one guy who um, used to be on ESPN because he would do, um, he would do uh, like uh, John Madden and, and. I don't know but I'm sure there's a lot of young impersonators. This is this is a pretty easy part of comedy to get into. So I'm sure we could find somebody like that and try to build them yeah, up. It would be, be fairly it'd, simple. It'd be somebody, you know, and he'd be able to do the whole, like, paging somebody is, like, whoever is paging. He could do pages as Sean Connery. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, so something like that would be a nice, a, a nice element to add to it without feeling like you had to get a Michael Winslow-esque person. Um, you would want to have the shy giant character, somebody like a high tower who looks really big and intimidating and can pull the weight in physical comedy without being completely two dimensional because you do want to have the Oscar moment. You want to have something, some way for this character to connect. And unfortunately, Joni Lauer is China as she was known is, has passed. We can't get her. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're doing another female for this one? Well, and again, you know, our lead is female, uh-huh. so you might want somebody to connect that way. It might be a little uh-huh. harder to do if that person was male. No, 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 because the gigantic male guy's gay. There you go. Oh, the, that's a good one. So you have, you know, which would, that would really be Oscar moment right there. Yeah. Um, and then the viewers would hang us for this, but... but in, in terms of Dude, the story, they're, I, they're already going to hang me anyhow, and I'm fine with being well hung for my comedy actions. Mm-hmm. You have done everything you can to please those people. I say, screw it, I'm starting with something new, and I think it'll be stronger in the end for it. And, and the reason why I say that... I mean, but a gay, massive lead. You're, you're, okay. you're thinking, you're, I don't know of a gigantic... 
when I say gigantic, I mean tall lady that that, that could take the role as, as yeah. I'm as blanking. Hightower. I'm blanking. Um, there'd be plenty of actors to do this with, uh, but just but because she's the lead's a female, she connects with the, the gay man. Ooh, I thought of her, even though she's not huge. Uh, it's just, I was thinking Ronda Rousey. You don't know her, oh. uh, UFC fighter. She held the women's title for a while. She just did a crossover into pro wrestling. Oh. So this is a she's WWE a legit she's a legit huge fighter. WWE no, we're not doing that. Unless they give me money. Unless they give me money to put this on, then if Vince opens up the checkbook, hey, I'm yours. Um, but no, you, I, you know, somebody for something similar to that, I think would be good. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think you need George Martin's character. Um, I don't think you need the 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 relentless womanizer these days. Um, no, that would definitely be out. Yeah. Um, it, it, Hollywood's got the heebie-jeebies about this stuff yes. right now, which is ironic because I guarantee you they still do this womanizing stuff behind the scenes. Yes. But they just um, have to be more careful about it these days. But they 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 would definitely not go that route. But modern day, we need a computer expert. We need somebody who is believable, as intelligent, and kind of nerdy. Real computers, not like Connors did in Part Seven. Yeah. Yes, something real and legitimate. Um, I think for since we've been talking about the Ghostbusters so much, we could probably raid somebody from that movie. Who was a computer expert for that? Uh, Kate McKinnon, I think her name was. Uh, essentially, she had the Egon role. Yeah. Uh, so if she's willing, I'm I'm okay with that. Or it can be somebody male and nerdy. But I, you'd want somebody in in that kind of role since computer. Hmm, excuse me, since computers take up so much. You know, of police work and things these days. Male and nerdy. Mm-hmm. Throw glasses on Tom Holland, and he could be in your police academy movie too. Yeah, he's pretty busy, but I'd take him. Sure, absolutely. He also doesn't have the big physical, a uh, uh, very big physical presence. Correct. But he would definitely be the kind of person that a police academy would recruit. We just have to figure out some reason why he's there as an underdog. Because why wouldn't he go in and try to become a you know a crime sciences guy? Instead, why is he why is he going into a police academy when he would be interested in the police sciences more? His anxiety keeps him from being able to pass the very hard test when it comes to the. the uh... So his therapist thought it would be better if he goes into the police academy. Right, right. Oh, he's got this quack doctor who's his therapist and tells him he should do something he's absolutely terrified to do. So he's like, "Okay, I'm gonna try the police academy." Yeah, okay, that'll work. Um, yeah, I'm fine with that. Um, the, the and, that, and that works with Tom Holland, but not with the Kate McKinnon being the character, or whatever her name is. I'm trying to look at My phone's being really slow. Yeah. Um, I think one of the advantages later Police Academy movies had was they built up the final challenge, the villain presence. And I think my movie would do that to a certain extent. Um, it would be talking about an upcoming, uh, well, we can keep it topical, presidential, uh, uh, visit and the cadets could accidentally get pulled into working as the escort. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's nice. So they're not supposed to be, of course. Right, right. But uh, that that was supposed to go to a more advanced class, but this they get hoodwinked into it uh, due to shenanigans. And I would also need a person to be my Harris, somebody good and believable who is not Mr. Bailey, who's just a little too old for this. I want somebody who is in his forties who can have kind of a physical presence. Somebody who's a love child between Bailey and Arlie Ermey. It's gotta be somebody out there. I just don't know them yet. And I'd rely on my casting director for somebody in that role. Somebody who's good at yelling at people. And yet at the same time can be smug and self-satisfied. Kelsey Grammer? No, he's not 
a shouter. And he's too old, too. Oh, he's Sorry. Too old too? Yeah, he's too yeah. old. Like I said, 40s, dude. Kelsey's a bit older than that. He's in the 60s. You know, and I, and I stopped to think, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. You know, Sean Astin's like 40-something. I know. Uh, let's see. 49 40. or something? Josh Brolin? I don't know who that is. Thanos. Played Thanos. Is he a... Mm, oh, he's up can he be... He can Goonies. he be a good shouter, though? He was in the Goonies as well. Can he be a good shouter? He didn't play Thanos, man. Thanos doesn't did need watch, to shout. Did you watch Deadpool 2 yet? No. Watch Deadpool. He's in that. Okay. He's in that. Okay. So. I mean, I need a good shouter. I need somebody who can intimidate with their voice. I, I know he's big. I mean, I've seen, unless that's heavily CG'd, I think he's, you know, physically right. pretty yeah, he's, solid. He's got a nice but you need, you need the voice. You need somebody who can needle you. Samuel L. Jackson. I'd be okay with that, except he's, again, Busy? a little bit too old. Oh, well, well. But, he, but if anybody could make it work, he, he could at his age, yeah. so... I just don't want to be lazy and say, yeah, let's have Samuel L. Jackson. Let's have Tim Curry be the villain. We could go back. You know, it's it, no, no. no, no. I'm trying I, to develop I, a new crop here. That's why I don't want established actors who you could not get a about, hold what of. What about Dwayne Johnson? Again, he, he, the availability. I'm trying to develop new people rather than he's already a huge star. He's the, one of the biggest grossing, you know, actors out there. Um, I, you know, and that was the thing with the original police academy for some of these people, it was early acting jobs for them or they were established, but they weren't too huge when they got too huge. Gutenberg, they left. So, you know, I'd be looking for people who aren't Dwayne Johnson. I'd be looking for that next person, but that's why a lot of this is kind of going to be a bit more nebulous in casting. Mm -hmm. I'd, I'd have to have a good casting director. Yeah. And you know, this one's going to be a hard search. So well, like I said, I'm an we, idea we, guy more yeah, so than... Yeah, we threw out some names there. We yep. could go with it. I, I would cast Wayne Johnson because that would be against his type. Mm -hmm. and, and I have faith in him as an actor. Oh, I have no problem with him do doing what he normally doesn't do. The problem is he's too likable for, for Harris. Uh, I would want him in something else. I'd want him as more of a mayor or maybe a commissioner, but I don't want him as Harris necessarily. Okay, um, but you could probably, I'm sure he, you, you could play. I, I despised him a bit back in his pro wrestling days. Andrew Lincoln, who plays Rick Grimes in The Walking Dead, uh, he, he could probably do this threatening presence because even though he could be a good guy in the show, he, he seems to have some... Well, if we're going with somebody who's got a really good physical nasty presence, Brian Cranston, then. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Go Heisenberg on the recruits. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? He If he said yes to doing Power Rangers just a few years ago, he'd probably get him for Police Academy. There we go. So, I'm okay, I'm fine with that. That's an important role. Uh, the role of the Commandant is pretty important, too. Um, I don't think you have to have him as loopy as... Ian McKellen. <sighs> too old again. Really, I mean... Hassard was old. What are you talking about? Uh, we're starting to get to. I don't know if he can even walk anymore. I'd be afraid he'd die before we finish the movie. Who, who, which one? Patrick Stewart? I don't know how old Patrick Stewart is, but Ian McKellen is looking decrepit these days, I'm afraid. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would be honored if any movie I had had Ian McKellen in it. He is amazing. Eh, a little too much baggage. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I know we're going with fantasy picks here, but again, I don't want to play Mel Gibson in my movie. Oh, let's see. Uh, 
<gasps> well, you could have Samuel L. Jackson as the, as the commandant. Wouldn't that be interesting? Yeah, yeah. Now, who would have thought it? A black man in charge? <laughs> no. Oh, no. Stay away from the racial humor. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I would want him in a position of authority that I don't need to have him on set very often for. See? Then he could just shoot his his things Sam and Jackson I could have him with very small would definitely wheels. be a different commandant than the Sarge. Oh, totally. And, and, and your film would be able to work with that. It, it'd be totally... It'd be you still totally need him to have a quirk and I think his quirk instead would probably be better to be paranoia. <laughs> yeah, which is essentially some of his characters in his movies. Exactly. Maybe he has flashbacks or things. Yeah. Oh, Maybe yeah. we could wink at the thing that he thinks that he's a soldier from World War II. <laughs> As in Nick Fury. Mm. The Holy Command of World War II. Yeah, okay. You only saw him from the... the you only know the, the movies. Um, but yeah, we could, he has flashbacks and stuff. That would be... That would be able to bring out the comedy there. Yeah, you could make references to the various movies he was in, too. Just in those flashbacks. Actually, he could take on the gun role from Tackleberry as the commandant. Every once in a while, he just pulls guns out of his costume, oh, yeah. out of his uniform, and combining characters. There we go. Exactly, just different angles. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so now that we've got that settled, sort of. Um, uh, as I said, the, the entire thing was going to lead up to a presidential visit to the city. And the cadets are accidentally tagged into that. But we need a chase scene. I don't think, boy, oh boy, if we're going to have the president, we almost have to have him involved in that, don't we? We have to have the cadets save the president. Yeah, uh, the, car- the, the, the motorcade uh-huh. chase. Uh, uh-huh. um, oh, almost like... Okay, so if we're doing police academy stuff, so we allow a little silliness, somebody is going to hook up a remote control to the, the president's car okay. so that they can steer it out of the motorcade and try to take off with the president. This is going to put our technology expert front and center in how to disable this. They're going to have to throw him into that very quickly on how to override this while the rest of the group chases after the president's motor, or the president's car. There's this movie that Clint Eastwood did years ago, and I can't remember what the name of it was, and it was... (sighs) He was, he played the guy where he, he was there when Kennedy got shot. He was uh, by the motorcade and all that. Okay. And then there was another presidential assassination threat some 30 years later. Mm-hmm. And I remember, the thing that I remember from the movie was the whole motorcade scene. They really did that pretty good. Faithfully. From memory. I mean. I probably saw this movie last in like 1994 or something like that, and I just remember that scene. I was, I don't remember the title is, so I'm trying to look it up. Does this have any bearing on my movie? Yeah, because you researched how they did the motorcade scene in that. No, 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 no. This is going through the streets of a city. Yeah, it's not this big open park like the the where Kennedy was no, assassinated. I don't recall it being in the park. It was like a, it was the, the movie was he was there when Kennedy was shot, and then 30 yeah. years later there was another attempt on somebody, and then he was the main security or... Uh, but there's tons of footage of presidential motorcades. You, you don't need to do a great deal of research. Our president takes his full motorcade whenever he goes out to get a coffee. So, um, so you can, you, you know, that'd probably be a fair chunk of the budget too. Um, but you know, you set up a motorcade, somebody absconds with the president using a remote control on his car. And, uh, it's up to the cadets to do a two part thing. One person is trying to figure out how to out hack the kidnappers and the rest of them go chasing off after the president. Um, the trick is to make it different from what's been done before. And quite honestly, what would be different? They're actually in police cars going through a city and, you know, doing a drive through crowded streets. 
adding a bit of extra tension. They never do that. There's always some odd thing that they, they do. In this case, you could actually have a tense driving scene through crowded city streets with police cars chasing down the presidential limo. They had a chase scene with cars in public in Pre-Scandal 7. Don't even. No. <laughs> Just don't. Yeah. So you have you would end up having a chase scene through the busy city streets. Um, the whole time the car is twitching and jerking as the, the recruits are trying to get control of the, the remote. Um, you're going to have to have some sort of stunt, some sort of act of daring do. And I think we could even do a callback to a previous police academy where they slow down the car, maybe shredding a tire or something. And then they take a high-powered magnet under a manhole cover that the oh my the God. limo goes over. And they forcibly would use it to extract the, the remote control. Mm. Uh, not as stupid as having a laser directly underneath to steal a diamond under an armored car, but uh, something that you could set up somewhat feasibly. I mean, it's a comedy, so you don't yeah. have to be too faithful. But it's a little bit more realistic. Because you know, these days, audiences aren't going to fall for the, the, the silly MacGuffin things as much. You need a little bit of a little bit more realism in your comedy. So anyhow, they, they bring the car to a halt. Yay. Then the actual bad guys show up to collect the president. And that's when you have the final battle with the various cadets using what they've learned. And each one of them, like, for example, the, 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 the lead is going to show that, yes, even though she went in as kind of a wisecracking uh, manizer. Um, turns out to be a pretty good cop and has a pretty good fight in the end with choreography, an actual honest to goodness fight. Um, that that she went obviously no no real violence or anything like that. This is still we're aiming for comedy here, but uh, you know something of a fight. The physical lead who who might be Helmsworth might might come in on this one. I don't know, uh, but could could fairly quickly subdue the physical brute of the... Now, it, the, the the end would kind of play out a little bit like Police Academy 6, where you would actually have all the cadets matched up against somebody who matches up well with them and can show off what they can do. Um, a lot of this is going to change depending on the physical abilities and the, let's face it, personalities of the people that you get in the casting. So I can't give you exact examples of all of this. It'd be based off of, okay, you two have good comedic timing together. You two do, you two do. Okay, that makes sense. That And that's something that would be done Organic. real. It'd yeah. be done real. It'd be like they would change things all the time for stuff like that. Exactly. And for example, I'd be really open if you had two people who their characters kind of were going to be together could have a tandem battle against the two some as well and, and get to show off how they rely on each other and work better together. Again, we're trying to get a core here that can carry forward into other movies if you should go that way. We're not setting up specifically for a sequel, but we want to make sure that by the time we're done, these guys are, even though they've they've shown that they have personality, they've shown they have a comic side to them, they're still legitimately decent people who would make fairly good cops. They just have a bit more personality than your average cop is expected to have. Um, all playing out to the end, uh, where the, 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 the hard ass, the, the, the person that we have, who is the, the drill instructor, the Harris of it, Brian Cranston will somehow come on the scene and he will have Pratt falls, even though it will set it up. So it's smarter. Like he has a better plan than Harris is usually, I'm just going to go onto the scene and I'm going to make it happen and I'll get all the glory. We'll make it a little bit more cold and ta- and tactical and calculating, but it's all going to blow up in his face. I mean, that is the role. Yeah. 
You you want to see him get his comeuppance, and this will happen. His character will get lampooned a couple of times by the cadets. Um, although I, as as more of an ensemble piece, I don't think we're going to put as much on the Mahoney character. I think we would spread it around so that a couple people, a couple people, can pull one over on the Harris character more so than just Mahoney. Because I think you don't want to put all of your eggs in one basket. One of the reasons why the franchise nosedived as drastically as it did is because once Gutenberg was gone, they never filled that role quite right. Nick just wasn't that. And Connors, we aren't going to talk about. The character of Connors in my movie is in jail. Yeah. So that's that's really how I would get to an ending of it. And of course, the you know, Brian Cranston's character, the, the Harris of the thing, um, of course, in the end, gets some last send-up that, that closes it out. The, 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 not only do the characters get, uh, you know, they graduate, but they get a presidential medal for doing it. Ooh. Although you never see the president's face. The president's oh. always going to be have his back to you. Yes. Oh. We're not going to be political. No, you don't have to be political. You just be movie president. No, nope, we're just going to have his back to you the whole time. Mm. We can let people draw their own conclusions. Yeah, the Transformers did that. I was not really a big fan of that. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm okay with movie presidents like, if they're not real. Like, I'm, like the thing is, it's a it's a comedy. Yeah, I don't really want to put a face to that. Because if you if you put a, if you, the if, temptation if you would imply, be silly. If you imply, and that's the problem with some movies, they like to imply presidents sometimes. And, and, and the thing with that is, then you're, you're you're dating your movie too, which I guess you know in fantasy world, Transformers happened. During Bush's presidency, I get it. Mm. Well, at least the first one or the second one. Mm. But but then the thing is, stuff like that, in my opinion, dates your movie. If you want your movie to be timeless, sometimes when you start throwing in real life politicians, you, you kind of like lose your the fantasy. Of- I suppose you're right. Okay, President Andy Dick, it is. You know, he, he, he <laughs> could be back at work again. I'm just, you know, there we go. Com- comedy, man, comedy yeah. person, probably least likely to be president. <laughs> So, so that's, that's basically my, my movie. It's, it's going to be following and trying to recapture what made the first movie so good without feeling the need to be slaved into going back to the old, the old cast. You can't rekindle that magic. That's, it's sailed. They're, they're just too old to be believable. And it's, your movie is nice with all the nostalgia and everything that it would generate. And almost certainly having those people back for another movie would bring some people into the theaters. But I think in order to move forward, you kind of want to do a complete reboot and whole new people. And this is my movie. Uh, And, 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 and try to get a core that can, that can stand on their own merits that showed that you learned something from the way that the first movie was set up and, and people who go into the movie remembering the first police Academy will come away and hopefully say, yeah, that was a pretty good take on it. Another, another, another try to capture the magic and learning a few lessons from the rest of the movies, mostly what not to do, but uh, taking the good and cherry picking a few things that the other movies did better. And, uh, you know, putting out the best movie we could with See, the people that we have. A lot of it, I admit, depends on who you get for talent. We could have both the best, best of both worlds here. Since mine is a movie, movie, well, yours is a movie too, but the people who did the TV show, let's say, and the people who did the movie have their own separate rights. So you get to make yours and do a TV show, and I get to make my movie, and both get to be made. The problem with that is that I'm pretty sure the production house is going to be the same. Not necessarily. 
you you have this weird. Situation. I wouldn't want to kill our our, our movies before with a, when the lear, lawyers take over. Number one, <laughs> it's just something that goes. Number on two, now, number two, we'd have to wait at least two years between our movies then because there's no way you could put out two police academy movies in the same year. No, it wouldn't be the same year. Yours would be the TV show. Mine would be the movie. I would not make mine a TV show. No, nope. This Even is a movie. Ten-parter. Nope. Okay. Because I honestly believe for a good comedy comedy piece to go. If you're going to write it as a TV show, TV shows have to have peaks and valleys. Mm -hmm. They have to, it has to be quicker because you've only got 40 minutes of time to work in. I wouldn't want to curtail that to that. I would want a full hour and a half movie where I can set up the jokes, keep consistency throughout. It's easier to write movies than it is to write TV. It just is. Yeah. So I would rather you have to write TV shows with the commercials in mind. Although that's the old way, but you you don't even have to do that anymore because there's natural breaks. But the major difference is that it has to be so much more compressed for TV. In this, I could tell the complete movie by shooting two and a half hours of footage and leaving an hour on the cutting room floor. Actually, you know what? What would happen is they would film yours first and it wouldn't make as much money, and then they just reboot it with the actual sequel like they're doing with Ghostbusters. It's just a couple of years later. I like to think that if, if again, you get the right cast and a good scriptwriter and a director who, who understood comedy well, that sometimes is missing. Yeah. The guy did Ant-Man. Yeah. You do that, and this movie, I think, could work. Yes, you're going to have your fanboys who's like, well, we need Gutenberg. There's no Michael Winslow in there. It's not a Police Academy movie without that. But quite honestly, if you're going to take this franchise, take the things that were good about it and reintroduce it to a new generation, I think you need to do that. You need to completely go forward and and, and set it up to succeed on its own merits. That's my take. And I'm half of this podcast, so I can I can put I, out my I, ideas. I would I would like that movie. If, if okay, if Gutenberg doesn't decide to do it, go with yours. You know that I'd be okay with that. Gutenberg but, could come crawling to me, and I wouldn't put him in my yeah. movie. He could offer to work for free and I wouldn't put him in my movie unless my casting director really can't find anybody else. And if he would, then he'd still just be a cameo. Yeah. So you were wondering why I brought out Hollywood Shuffle. I was a little nervous about that. Yes. Well, we can figure this in for, let's just pretend they made Police Academy 8 just a couple of years mm-hmm. later from 1994. Oh, this hurts. So this is 1998, Police Academy Part 8. <sighs> okay. We're taking the game of Hollywood Shuffle, the lead, the twist, and the action, we'll mold it into Police Academy. This seems to be how they made 7 anyhow, so <laughs> yes. I guess we're okay with yes, that. Yes, so that's why I thought this would be a good idea. Now, hopefully we get Unfortunately, we don't have the the benefits of the mountains of cocaine that were required as well, but I guess we'll have to do the best we can. So when I say a lead, it seems like from at eight, Connors didn't work out. No. So we're going to get a new lead. <laughs> I'm I'm scared. And our new lead is an accident-prone nerd. Well, we have um, a computer person. Yeah. Um. Okay, okay. Accident-prone nerd That in Police Academy. That makes sense. No, which, it doesn't. Which is no, it doesn't. No, it one? doesn't. Well, you're not going to get a great one, I don't think. Because this, this game is, is all about crazy. Right. Accident-prone nerd. I'll tell you what, give us two. Give us two give options. Two. We either have an accident-prone nerd or... A wheelchair-bound physicist. And, and, uh, that's that's a dead no, so let's do another one. A gallant knight. A gallant knight. Okay, that's fine. Um, okay, the accident-prone nerd, we'd basically be going Fackler. Yeah, he's out. You know, that's that would be Fackler. 
So if you're going to do the, the Police Academy 8, The Revenge of Fackler, I guess that's what we do. Ooh. But I like a guy who's an idealist. Gallant. The Gallant Knight. A, but this is going to be a fish out of water thing if he's in the Police Academy because he doesn't. He's going to be a person who comes in with, you know, he's like rose-colored glasses and is like, I have honor, I have dignity, and oh God, what did I get into? So this could be fun, actually. Let's see what else comes up. The action in our Police Academy movie Dear God, help us. is abducted by aliens. Honestly, that's not too far out from Police Academy 7. Honest to goodness. I mean, hey, if you've, if you've watched Indiana Jones and the Crystal's Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, it's not that far off. But let's give us another option. Two bites at the apple. Let's do one other action card. The Gallant Knight is, becomes a professional wrestler. Okay, that would be undercover action. So the second movie is, or the eighth movie is going to be about the seedy underside world, underworld of wrestling. professional wrestling. <laughs> You know, I'm completely on board with this because I used to have a soft spot for pro wrestling. And the twist in Police Academy 8 is... Not on Mars. Well, no. 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 On Mars? Police Academy 2200 on Mars. Oh, what kind of wrestling? Give us us a second twist, though. Give us a second twist, just in case we can get something better than that. On Mars. While juggling work, parenthood, and finding... That's not funny. Skip it. Give us another one. That just doesn't work. What is it? An arousing thing, musical, Broadway. Uh, okay, yeah. We need a comedy and twist. two hours of mad passion and lustful excitement. Uh, it's not real comedy. Gotta be With a comedy. A mischievous, mischievous, oh my gosh, I can't pronounce it. Mischievous orangutan? There we go. There we go. Wow. Any oh. any which way but Police Academy. Yeah, I, be in this. I don't think Clyde yeah. is around anymore. Okay, well... That's our Police Academy movie. Still going to be better than Seven. Yep. Okay, so a Gallant Knight. So, again, somebody with un, uh, unrealistic views of what being a police officer is like comes to the Academy. Not an actual knight in armor, but somebody, again, who's yeah. noble and... Boy, oh boy, this is going to be horrible. Um, And he becomes uh, CD Pro Wrestling. Okay, so he comes to the Police Academy. How do we get to the pro wrestling part? Because Men, academies, cadets would not, uh, cadets would not, why would cadets go undercover? That's, there's a logical loop, just dead hole there. Because he's a big wrestling fan. And now if we're, if we're using the writing of the people who did Police Academy 7, they could just do what they want, you know what I mean? But everybody in 7, except for Calloway, was a actual officer. He was the only cadet. And that was a terrible movie if we're going to base anything off of. But uh, yeah, you're right. I guess we are at that point where we're, we're going we're, from there. 1998, there may party okay uh, so by a clerical error no, he gets no. put into the investigative Actually, this branch is, this should be the opposite what happened there this he's a legit top of the class student right and he's a big wrestling fan and they want to use him to go undercover and because the whole undercover thing harris they established that in seven that he's all about the undercover stuff so sure harris is with this guy Oh boy. So Harris is his mentor keeping him wired and oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, sure. All right, so, you know, he, he gets into the pro-wrestling world, and his partner is an erect. The seedy underbelly of the pro-wrestling world is that they also incorporate animals. So his tag team partner is an erect. Is oh, my gosh. Could you imagine the stuff that Mr. Rangel to Harris? Oh, my gosh. Well, the way he poop on his car seats, to go back to old old times, I guess. Um, God, Peter is going to come after us for this but uh police academy power bombs and banana peels i guess is what we'd, yeah. we'd subtitle it at and jeez 
this is that's rough but i will still hold that if you do it right it could still be better than seven <laughs> No <coughs> if they would have made a part eight, there you go. There we go. And that's that is the peek behind the curtain and how they came up with latter day police academy movies. Oh dear lord, that was this painful. Is still a full length episode here. It is. Never mind this medium talk. I'm just gonna stop saying that. You know what? If the time says ten minutes, then you know it really was a short conversation. Anyhow. But this definitely has been back to the podcast. Thanks for indulging us on this little trip along speculation lane. Um, I think we would do a better job with the, with, the, with the Police Academy than they did at the end of that franchise. I think so. So, hope you've enjoyed all of this. Make sure that you tune in next time while we actually get back into talking about movies that did exist. Yes. So, thank you, and we'll see you next time. Farewell.